0: Fearless, 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 fearless,
1: fearless presence. Welcome again to Fearless Presence. I am here with Lisa and Justin McKinney, two highly skilled physical therapists that have a practice in Prescott, Arizona, and Lisa does more brain integration than physical therapy at the moment. And I adore these two practitioners. They um, recently sent me a beautiful email about some experiences that they had after Justin took my online vagus nerve decompression course. And it's for as endlessly fun as it is to change someone's life as my client, I have learned that it's just inc- so much more rewarding than I ever imagined and delightful to hear the stories of how other people use uh, are using my techniques and integrating them into their practice uh, to create change And I know Lisa, what the first, uh, piece really started with you.
0: Yes. It, it, yeah, for sure. Um, so after um, I had my second COVID vaccination, I immediately developed all the heart palpitations, passed out on the Mexican restaurants. Like, I mean, it was, it was just, it was really horrible for, um, I don't know, for a couple of months, like cause you just, it, it just, things were not right. Um, but a month after though, I started developing a lot of digestive issues. Um, particularly just like a lot of pain. Like it felt like acid, but it wasn't reflux. Um, and, and this went on for about 18 months. Like, you know, the the heart arrhythmias got better. I didn't pass out anymore. Wasn't having like the menstrual problems anymore. But like this acid was like, this was getting worse and worse and worse. And, you know, I did naturopath wasn't helping. Finally, like went to the ENT. And of course, they're just saying like, go get scoped. And I'm like, I don't have insurance and I don't want to get scoped. <laughs> and um, and, and nobody really had a better answer. And uh, we met this fabulous functional nutritionist who um, found out, like, I did have SIBO. Like, I wasn't, I didn't, I no longer had the uh, migrating motor complex there with the, the, the part that, like, of your um, intestine that kind of cleans out all the bad bacteria because my vagus nerve wasn't working. <laughs> um, and so I kind of, like, done some research and figured this all out. And I was just like, well okay, I so see like, you know, everybody's treating this vagus nerve thing with like, talk therapy and counseling. And I was like, but I know Justin who da- all these specializes in now is like, visceral manipulation and vascular and neuro manipulation. I'm like, surely, surely he can do something. Um, but we just didn't know how to put it all together. Right. So I was like, I was scouring the internet. And then one day, uh, Melanie, I, I, I found you and I was just like, and I think I gave you a call, like, immediately. <laughs> I'm just like, please, Help yeah, he's <laughs> <Is laughs> going help me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember we did chat. Yeah, and it's so you know st- for all the the spotlighting the vagus nerve is getting these days, there's still not really anyone talking about it like it's a mechanical, right, right. So I
0: was just like, but this is a physical. Like it's eighty percent is down, you know, <laughs> below the brain. Why are we treating? Why is everybody treating this like like talk therapy? Um, anyway, so yeah, when I talked to you and I, w- I was just. But almost immediately, And you also recommended um, Next Level Neuro, which I also did. Yes, Bush, yes, yes. Which was very actually it was a really great course, and I loved it. Um, but as soon as Justin took your course and did the things, I think it was in the first session. I think the next day, like I had my anxiety levels were through the roof. Like it was uncontrollable anxiety. And it was like all in my throat because he did all of the esophagus and like pericardial stuff. And I think what else did you do?
2: <laughs> <laughs> just, just about everything. The You know, and I was
0: like, flip it. I was flipping out. Um, so he came home from work. I was like, you gotta get home. <laughs> um, and he fixed it again. And like my stomach pain was gone. Like it was gone. And it, and it, was so much better. And then it, you know, then it was kind of like 90% gone since then. And so that's, I I got COVID. It came back a little bit. Um, it sounds It was just so night and day difference after 18 months of having like all day stomach pain and acid.
1: (laughs) That's so fantastic. Well, I'll tell you your other success story. I have such a personal interest in, uh, because my husband has this issue and I have not, Put him on my table long enough that I was like, oh, I've got to try this. But I was so blown away by the story of your patient with knee pain where you did the vagus nerve evaluation and that helped clear the knee pain. But then tell the story of what happened when he came back.
2: Yeah, so I had this client and I have had no... Uh, shortcomings as far as ways of looking at him, you know, I'm looking at him from a traditional orthopedic output, you know, I'm looking at him from a visceral aspect, vascular, neuro aspect, and, you know, just run the full gamut, and he's still having knee pain. So I'm like, okay, let's take a look at this from a vagus nerve perspective. So I, you know, did the evaluation, like you had taught in your course. And sure enough, loss of terminal or the screw home mechanism of the knee. You know, he has the um, uncompensated hip flexion loss. Like the, I think the hallux was limited. So just like, oh my gosh, this is, this is vagus nerve. We're going to treat vagus nerve. So I, I went ahead and, and treated him and he's like, yeah, man, that really worked with my knee pain, but let me tell you what else, you know, I'm like, well, well what's going on? He's like, well, I was, ha- I'm, I was having, um, ups- not obstructive, but um, central sleep apnea. And he has a uh, machine. So a CPAP machine, and he has a readout that it, uh, goes to his phone every morning. So he, it shows him how many episodes of sleep apnea he has during the night. And uh, I mean, and he showed me the chart and it was just dramatic. It, was, it, it just his his episodes of sleep apnea went down, at, you know, at least by a third of what they were
1: it was like the, the very next day. Well, I think, well, yeah. Lee, well, Lisa emailed me that it went from 35 to 40 to like three to five. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was ridiculous. And yeah. he was like,
2: this is the day before I saw you. And he showed me where the graph was really high. And then he's like, this is the day after I saw you. And it was like all, you know, it was just really, like, really, really <laughs> low. So it was
1: just well, me. and it stayed, right? It stayed for like a month or yeah. something. Cause he lives far yeah, away yeah, from yeah. you guys. So done. it's not yeah. like you're you just saw him the next day. Well, my husband has sleep apnea and so I like, and I'm really, uh, he doesn't have central sleep apnea though, but that's super interesting to me because I do know somebody that, that does. So I will have to, um, to share that with her as well. So I love like, and I've lived in this world of physical therapists, like, you all that are super highly skilled and really driven with these osteopathic and neuro skills. And I'm curious what your you know, well, I think out in the collective, a lot of people just think PTs do exercises, you know, or PTs are known for just teaching you straight leg raises and other things that you could do at home or torturing you with boring yeah. things that you might be able to do at the gym. Absolutely. And I would love to, um, you know, what do you think drives you to like to really figure that out and to have, you know, and to collect all of these, all of these skills. What delights you about about collecting all these, all of these things?
2: Um, I think you know, number one, one of the biggest drivers that makes me seek out high level skills is, I just know in my heart, this is what I was created to do. So at a baseline, you know, when when you talk to people about their job, their occupation, and looking for that fulfillment, that is what fulfills me, I am doing the thing that I was created to do. So um, as I add to my repertoire of skill sets, it just kind of helps me become alive in, in that sense of like, yep, this, this is what I was meant to do. Like, I do have that kinesthetic ability to feel things in the body. Um, and it's, you know, so that's, you know, a huge primary driver. And then I would say after that, just seeing the lives that are changed by it, you know, um, like you were talking about, you know, we tend to get some of the clientele, that funnel through the system. They've tried everything. They've gone to other PT clinics and, you know, they've been just bombarded with flexibility and strengthening exercises, you know, to the cows come home and they, they can't get back to the life that they want, which is, you know, they want to be able to do the things that they want to be able to do and and not have to sit there and and pop pain pills afterwards. You know, they want to be able to go for a walk. They want to ride a bike or something. So when we, you know, approach that body and just use another another skill set, something that the body has never ever experienced. We're helping to find one of the sources why that body is stuck. And you know, just the delight that comes through it. You know, I, I have a lady who's 75 years of age and she was barely able to walk and she sent me a card with a photo that she took of her at the top of Mount Humphreys in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is uh, over twelve thousand um, feet peak.
0: Yeah, that's a legit trek.
2: <laughs> you know, and she's like, "I've always wanted to climb that mountain, and I did it with my daughter." And I am so blessed, and I'm so happy to be able to do that. Um, so, you know, these stories with these people that are coming to you, and they have no idea what the outcome is going to be. You know, they don't know that they're going to be able to get that that goal. You know, they're, they're happy sometimes just to get out of bed and and move around without having pain. So, you know, when you see them just glowing, and they're like, Oh, my gosh, I can't wait to tell you what I did. Like, you know, I went on this amazing hike with my, my, you know, kids and my grandkids that I haven't seen in a month or whatever. It's like, wow, that's, that's what drives me right there.
1: No, it's so good. Lisa, I would love to, um, I'll I'll say first, I've, yeah, I call it my drug of choice. The <laughs> getting people better has been my drug of choice for, for a long time. At least I would love to hear a little bit about how you stepped away from PT a little bit to do more brain integration and other neuro-based things that are yeah. um, not considered so much PT.
0: You know they're not considered PT. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I like over the years, like I was just seeing PT being utilized in our system is just like it just it was kind of almost a futile effort in, in the in the traditional system that we kind of squish it in whether it's like the the Medicare or just the you know the paid insurance system. Um, and I, I just found it so frustrating, and I think I have like maybe like a slightly stubborn or defiant type of drive in me. That's just like, so it was just like always kind of like just made me like really unsettled, frustrated, anxious. And I'm just like, I'm, I can't live the best of my potential because I can't do the things I'm made to do, you know? Um, so gosh, after a lot of, there, there have been some, it's been a crooked road (laughs) to get out for sure. Um, (laughs) yeah, a lot of different things, but, um, so now I'm, I'm, finally, like, this is it. This is amazing. Um, so I'm doing brain integration, which is a kinesiology. Um, it's sort of like, you know, chiro- chiropractors are doing um, applied kinesiology, but this is a kinesiology modality that focuses on de-stressing the neuro wires, but specifically in the brain, but throughout the body as well. And so, you know, how I, I guess I would connect that with PT. I mean, a lot of this is like, it's cognitive. It's how your brain is processing. It's a the limbic system is huge in it. Um, but what I'm enjoying now also is like bringing in the, the body part. So you can actually, you know, get rid of people's pain, improve their body functions um, with this. And it's like one thing in, in PT that I, I just find so, you know, limiting is, you know, like, cause we're always saying like, you know, again, like do the exercises, do the exercises. And, you know, and as PTs, I think, we're probably all guilty of it. Like, if they're not getting better, well, they must be non-compliant, right? <laughs> it's, it's their fault they're not getting better. It's not because, you know, couldn't possibly be because I don't know enough or I'm looking at it the wrong way. <laughs> you know, it's their fault. Um, and that's, but, but then they're always like giving these diagnoses. You know, so for instance, like for today, like I had this lady and she's had this wrist, these wrist problems. Let's just say wrist pain. Don't, nobody knows what it's causing it. She's had it for years and it's arthritis. It's never going to get changed because you're getting old. And like that, that makes me so mad. <laughs> so I was like, no, we're, we're going to make this better. And, and sure enough, like this was her second visit, but I saw her maybe about, maybe about four weeks ago and um, did the, the kinesiology things and some brain integration. And she had zero pain, like she went from like a seven to eight out of pain, um, doing, you know, the things that mattered, which was her yoga, jars, uh, shuffling cards, you know, just manual, you know, fine, um, water things, um, to like having zero pain, you know, and, and some of it came back, but not that bad. And now we're, you know, we kind of, and that was in one visit. So it's just like, it's so fun. It's just, it's so stinking fun. <laughs> and every day now is just like, what miracle is gonna happen? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely consider it like a like a magic show or like my <laughs> it, it truly uh, is, you know, like my favorite techniques. I call them party tricks.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, <laughs> it kind of like cannot, you know
1: <laughs> because they unlock. <laughs> yeah, it, because it unlocks so so much, and I de- I definitely got into private practice because I knew there was a better way to do this. I was like I don't have to be bound to this paradigm, and you know, towards the end of my last time in a in an outpatient, a traditional outpatient clinic, I had this group of middle-aged women with knee pain, and all of a sudden, none of them were getting better. And I had a technique that I usually used for uh, anterior femoral cutaneous nerve that had always worked great. And all of a sudden, it was like it stopped working. And so then I was like, well, I'm going to reevaluate everybody. And I ended up treating vagus nerve in them. And then they were all magically better. And it changed <laughs> and your it was so <laughs> Right, right. Well, and I was already in vagus nerve at, at that point, but I only used it when they weren't getting better with stuff I was doing closer to the body part that they were there mm-hmm. for, you know? So like literally these... Uh, You know these knee patients. Most of them, I decompress the vagus nerve at the base of their skull to get them better. And I had the the support of the practice owner and administration to like we weren't we didn't have to only treat the joint that we got referred for. We Mm -hmm. were encouraged to have a whole body approach, but not every practice does that, and some specifically limit their uh, their practitioners to only look at the joint that the patient was you know was referred to which really just does an incredible disservice to the person. So in physical therapy and in in rehab in general like where do we think we're helping where we actually aren't? Like Lisa I love what you said about like the limbic system because certainly physical pain and emotional pain are so locked mm-hmm. into the limbic system.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: You know, and I sometimes think I remember being really amazed uh in the same patient clinic i just referenced that a new grad like some of the patients that she would get better and i was like like it was just always interesting to me that she just created this magical joyful space and i'm like i'm like cuz you know like i had a bazillion more skills than she did but people still got better and it makes me you know and it kind of speaks to that limbic con- connection and how that human connection even if you're not applying it in a specific or prescriptive or highly skilled manner is you know can really unlock somebody's pain. Right.
0: Well, and I think the body you know innately wants to heal itself, right? And it just it needs the I don't know, I think when you go in there with even I mean Justin is high, like extremely highly skilled. I am I am less skilled in that area, but I think I would like to think and and, and I know from you know my other practices mm-hmm. that even if I go in with the intention <laughs> of helping like the body still wants to heal itself, that it just needs me to go in there and like really be a cheerleader to an extent, you know. It's the intention is is everything, and so like yeah, the joy, the joyful space, the intention touched. Uh, like I think that's so important.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, kind of getting back to your question, where 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 do PTs think they're helping that they're really not? You know, it's kind of going back to how I graduated college. We were only taught to think in. Okay, Bones this is knuckles. a bone problem, a muscle problem, a tendon tendon problem, or you know maybe a ligament issue. You know, and you know, so we we have to view everything in light of is it tight? Well, better stretch it. Is it weak? Okay, it's better strengthen tight. it. You know, and and then and if that doesn't work, holy cow! Well, then we'll get a gimmick. So I'll get an ultrasound unit, and well, you know the research goes it changes the now like so they just keep going down a rabbit hole laser or you know instrument assistant soft tissue mobilization let's scour the thing you know and I'm not saying that those are bad but once again if you're not looking like you said at the whole entire body as a whole as a system um, that's being driven by um, different influences. So a neurological influence or a visceral influence, you know, if you're just uh, segmenting, chopping a a body into parts and treating it just as a body part, um, and then just throwing some kind of a modality, if it's not getting better, you know, that's, that's, that's not really helping. And that's not, that's not, you know, helping the person that's not helping the healthcare system, you know, that leads to greater costs and just, wasted healthcare dollars when, you know, all you need to do is start looking at, well, why is that hamstring not releasing? You know, it doesn't need to be stretched to the cows come home, or is there some neurologic agent in there? You know, is there something, you know, like, classic example with your course, you know, go to the diaphragm, that thing has so many interactions with the shoulder, with the hip, with the pelvis, you know, with all these interactions, um, you know if you can just get into that diaphragm and look at the tone of the diaphragm and and uh, you know do some things to bring normal tone back to that and then all of a sudden your hips open up your hamstrings start to you know become flexible again um, so yeah just kind of viewing things in a different light is I think where we need to go with it
1: yeah I've been really crushed at where physical therapy has gone in the last well 20. 20- Seven years. I graduated in nineteen ninety six because I had a super progressive education with lots of integrated orthopedic and neuro stuff, and I was so excited. And the worst conference I have ever been to was the American Physical Therapy Association's Orthopedic Conference. Like it just crushed my oh, soul. I can imagine because of how base. I was like, this was my physical therapy. This was my Fit PT one hundred and one. The year I went with the speaker, like I was just so crushed that this is what they were. Marketing to board certified orthopedic clinical specialists. And, you know, but I, we really in this, I love your, your point about the, the technology or getting a gadget because we, we don't really view ourselves as a piece of technology when we really are. We're this amazing piece of technology. And when you can get it all to work well, it works really well and you don't need the, you know, you don't always need the external stuff. Certainly medicine does some amazing things, but, you know, and the research, I actually recently just took a continuing edu- education course on uh, thermal modalities that, and it just, uh, I'm grateful. I was grateful for my level of nervous system regulation because it just sort of like, it, it sort of makes the case that none of it works. <laughs> But they're trying to make the case that, it, you know, that it does more, you know, or like it was just, it was really interesting, you know, uh, it was just interesting (laughs) in that way because I mean, it would have made me want to like go, you know, punch a wall or something in another (laughs) state of my own, my own dysregulation. Um, You know, when I talk about fearless presence, you know, for me, that's bringing your, expertise and your intuition together you know that you're bringing all of yourself to the table and not parsing yourself up up or out and as a clinician the I think that when you fully show up like that 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 becomes medicinal in its own way and I would love to like what does bringing all of yourself to the table or all of yourself to your clients mean to you
2: I think um number one you know being intentional every day. So as you're getting ready to see a client, you you go in with the intention that, okay, my interaction with this client will be beneficial. Um, You know, I always pray before I go to work, and I'm always receptive and pretty much like, okay, I'm here, I'm a tool, use me to help help these people that I see today. So just kind of bringing that into the equation, but also going in knowing that you will get the information as you're working with that client. So being receptive, um, which in some days, you know, obviously when you when you see a challenging client, um, you know, can put that to the test, and that's when you have to start um, picking up on those uh, subtle messages that you're getting with your hands on that client with, you know, as you're watching the movement of the client as you're going through the evaluative process, you know, just allowing nothing to be set in stone at that point, and everything to be fluid. Um, Like it's, it's, I'm able to be taken in any direction that this, this body needs me to be taken into. Um, So, and then obviously having confidence in the skill set of technique that, you know, oh, that that looks like this, you know, and then going into that tissue and and being able to confidently work in that tissue. Um, And then I think the, the, the other part is, you know, just the educational aspect with the client, you know, so, you know, bringing them in, teaching them that this is a natural thing that's happened to them, you know, it's a natural Uh, response that their body is showing up with and you know the the way we're going to help get them out of this is also in a natural way it's working with um, my interaction with their body Um, you know talking about that 15 minutes where the clinician and the client you know kind of uh, click together where you start to be able to um, experience kind of that subconscious interaction. Um, so, you know, just reassuring them like this is okay. And then there, there will be a good outcome. Um, it might change, you know, and, and just kind of relieving their fears that if things look a little different tomorrow uh, or you have a different, um, a different pain pattern, you know, that is part of the healing process.
1: Lisa, do you want to speak to um, that for yourself? Yeah. Uh th-
0: it's a lot of what Justin said, I guess. So, you know, I think, you know, intent going in there with a certain intention for this Mm -hmm. uh, client is really important and just getting myself like present enough to create that safe space for them, I I think is also for, you know, for the body and for them to be whatever they are Um, to trust that I'm enough you know, for that, that, that they're there for a reason, I'm here for a reason, and whatever it is, like, I'm enough, and still, like, hold that in humility. You know, I think, um and just, yeah, just trust that it's, because yeah, I feel like sometimes, you know, like, the body's taking you into directions that you're like, I, I, don't, I don't know why I'm doing this, or what this is, and, you, you know, just sit there, and I'm like, oh, gosh, they must be thinking I'm crazy, you know? <laughs> and just like, no, I'm going with it, we're going with it, <laughs> I can double down and i'm doing it yeah. um, <laughs> and it, and it just works out in like such amazing ways um so yeah like just committing to it i guess <laughs> committing to what my intuition tells myself
1: i i completely agree and i have i've always had a very similar approach that like exploratory approach or that it's kind of like a puzzle or a um you know an archaeological exploration, you know, I'd like to figure out kind of where the you know what what, what is happening here and what is that bigger picture and you, you know, I know you guys know when you work with people that have been around the block a few times and seen other people and still not responded to the uh, to the intervention, you can often find like a hundred things like you could possibly document a hundred different things that might be going on, but finding that one thing that's going to unlock the other 99 or maybe yeah. 95 of the 99 is sort of, is like that's the game that I played with myself for a long time. And I think when I was a young therapist, I didn't realize how valuable that game really was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that you can just ask the body. <laughs>
0: What's right, the most important thing?
1: Write. <laughs> We're supposed to, write. Okay. exactly. Right. And oh. then you can bypass all of it at the body will literally show you, like subjectively and obje- objectively, like it'll just, like if you follow the tissue tension, it's like, oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. Mind blowing. <laughs> just, yeah. No, it is. It is. So, yeah. The, uh, yeah. No, the body definitely has its own language, and we don't, um, you know, that's something I really wish that. Uh, that was out there on a more collective scale, like how to talk to your body. Because certainly, by the time somebody shows up in any physical therapist's office, their body's been screaming no mm-hmm. for some period yeah. of time, yeah. and the person has not been listening. Justin, I love, uh, and I, we haven't talked about this yet, but in the, looking at your website and seeing your that you do bike fitting, mm-hmm. also, or that you've done that, I know that you're uh, you said before we started recording that you're phasing out of that or getting a little bit away of that, but I used to do bike fitting too. And I love that, uh, just the, you know, sort of these parallel paths that we're on, you know, because bike fitting is a really fantastic skill and it's a great thing to do with a physical therapist because they can't, because they can adjust your body and your bike.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I offer, too, is, you know, looking at the body for an evaluation for the bike, you know, are there areas that are not working or not flexible enough to even comfortably beyond that that bike and then also doing the bike fitting for them. So, you know, customizing it so that it fits them like a glove, you know, so it, it, it works really well with their body so they're not uh, fighting some um uh, some geometry that is absolutely working against their body.
1: What do you wish patients knew or the general population knew about keeping themselves healthy that they don't?
2: We could be here all night with, with, with that question.
1: I know. <laughs>
2: I mean, if you just look at the hydration of, of the body, I mean, I wish people knew that, yeah. that they need to actually drink water throughout the day. I mean, um, we're in a higher elevation. So we're a mile high. We live in a desert. I've been to uh, a vascular seminar, and they were like, hands down, the worst thing you can do to the heart is become dehydrated. You know, the, the blood thickens, it gets like jelly, it's a viscous, and that poor heart is just pumping away. And I'm just like, man, that is like, you you didn't even, you're not even born with like a congenital defect of your heart. You're just literally wearing the stupid thing out over time because you're so stubborn. You just don't want to drink water. You know, like how many older adults do we know have, uh, you know, UTIs and they go into confusion and then they have falls and break hips. It's like that they don't want to get up and pee, you know, (laughs) so stay hydrated. all
1: the time. Yes.
2: (laughs) So... (laughs) Yeah, and then, like, if you have a problem on both sides of your body, um, please look centrally for the answer to that problem. You know, I've seen so many.
0: (laughs) It's not both risks that have gone bad.
2: (laughs) Bilateral plantar fasciitis, you know, clients that, you know, some some of these poor clients are having shock therapy and and foot surgeries by podiatrists and things aren't getting better. And then by the time they come and see me, you know, the things have just gotten so bad. And you're like, Hey, let's look at your pelvis. How about that? Your sacral plexus is being compressed by a visceral structure. You go in and you mobilize that tissue and ta da, obviously all the their pain in their feet are getting better and you know, they don't have to have surgeries on their feet anymore. So I think just knowing that if you have a problem on both sides of your body, don't let somebody segmentally treat you. Let you know, they need to look centrally for the answer to that problem. Um, man, yeah, just.
0: The fancy clinic with the big gym isn't <laughs> probably the one you actually want to go to.
1: <laughs> it's not the one you would. Yeah, that's a good, that is a very good consumer tip. You want the one with, with, uh, less equipment. Yeah. The less equipment, the better. <laughs> not, not more.
2: <laughs> kinematic chains, yep. you know, if you have a foot problem, looking up the kinematic chain to see if there's a knee, a hip, a pelvis issue. Uh, if you have a hand wrist problem, looking at the kinematic chain to the elbow, shoulder, neck, um yeah, I mean if they knew that, they would, you know, that would be a, a huge help in our healthcare systems.
1: Well, and that's a big message for clinicians too. You know, I mean not just for physical therapists, but even for physicians and physician assistants and nurse practitioners and everyone's so crunched for time in our modern system that they don't always feel like they have the time to screen up the chain. You know, to, because those wrist and elbow problems are almost without exception a double crush situation. You know, that there's something happening at the neck and, you know, as well, there's at least two spots that are um, where there's mechanical, like significant mechanical compression that's driving the pain wherever it is. You know, and this value, if I was going to say like one thing that I really wish people knew was how... Was that their visceral structures and their nerves have biomechanics too? Mm-hmm. That they have movement, that they need this freedom of movement. And it's palpable, you know, and it contributes, like it's not like muscles are. I'd be curious to you know what you think. Like, I just find muscles are really never the problem, they're a symptom. Yeah, it's pretty low, you know, value like they're reacting real to something in the body.
0: Like the body will allow the muscles totally to get hurt really before, it, to. before it, before it'll allow the viscera and the the blood yeah. vessels to get hurt. I mean, so it's all that sense of safety, right? So back to like the nervous system stuff. Like your body needs to feel safe, and your all the movement patterns are kind of kind of like develop around like how the safe the body is in a given area,
2: more or less.
1: Would,
2: yeah, I mean, or yeah, how no, like perception of safety. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Well, and like I learned very early by my visceral mentor to uh to, to think of things like a like a rounded back, a kyphotic posture, it's really trying to support the aorta. It's just following mm-hmm. the aortic arch. Yeah. And, you know, and your body's gonna lock down, you know, like you said, around an organ around your heart before it's gonna it's gonna protect that above everything. else,
2: Absolutely. I, I always tell my clients, I'm like, you might have a scoliosis, you might have a kyphosis. But if I kicked you in your stomach, and then you know, and you're holding your stomach and you're bent over and you walked into a chiropractor office, they're gonna be like, Oh, look, you're bent over, let me fix your spine. And and it's done not, you know, it's not a spine issue. It's a visceral issue. Um, you know, the body will protect the high priority tissue every time. The spine will bend and accommodate to the viscera, to the nerve, to the vascular every time. It's, you know, it's not willing to um, use a low priority tissue like a muscle or a joint, you know, I mean, like that doesn't matter to the body. It wants to keep you you know, alive with your blood pumping to your body, it wants to keep the neuro intact from your brain to the object that that nerve is going to. It's functioning, and it will protect it at all costs. So, absolutely.
1: Well, Justin and Lisa, thank you so much for this discussion. We could, you know, in a few years when we roll the world, it will all be <laughs> be different. We can, um, but tell people how they can get in touch with you.
2: So, for myself, I have a website, uh, preskittpt.com. Um, it talks about what I do, talks about how to get a hold of us with our uh, phone number, contact information. Um, that's probably the best way. So, um, preskittpt.com is, is, is the best for me. How about for you?
0: Um, yeah, so my website is Partners in BI dot com, um, for partners in brain integration. Um, and that is brain integration kind of deals with, um, electrical connections of the nervous system, um, limbic system initially created to, uh, fix kind of remedy um, learning situations. Uh, so ADD, ADHD, dyslexia, um, does amazing with concussions, anxiety, PTSD, uh, sensitivities, allergies, all, all sorts of really amazing things. Um,
1: so, yes <laughs> so, so cool. it is so cool <laughs> well yeah no it is um, yes well i hope for everybody listening that if you need a physical therapist or a neuro practitioner that you uh, find somebody that is as endlessly delighted in the outcomes as the three of us are <laughs> and sure. that finds as much joy <laughs> Uh, joy in their, in their work and, you know, and knows that, you know, and has that uh, open mindset that change is always possible, that there's a way to solve it and that you just need to figure out how to open up the solution. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah, and thank, Melanie you and thank you for your, Thank you for your course. Cause it, it just, I'm so grateful for the work that you put out there so that, Oh, it it just changed everything for me. I'm so, I'm so grateful. (laughs)
1: Oh, well, you're so welcome. And I'm so, like I said, like, I'm so like, it really like just makes my heart want to (laughs) burst wide open to, you know, or like the, uh, when I, um, you know, when I hear that I didn't know until I really dove in full-time or mostly full-time to teaching, like how, I just hadn't really considered that. And so it's really, um, thank you all for, I'm glad that the universe, um, I'm sorry you had to go through the long COVID, but I'm glad the universe brought us together so that we could, uh, um, so that we could have this conversation and you could have your transformation and I look forward to keeping in touch. Thank
0: you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Presence podcast. Text FEARLESS to 411321 to take your first step into fearless presence. For international numbers and more information, including my free playbook, Six Steps to Fearless Presence, go to fearlesspresence.com. Be sure to subscribe for more inspiring stories and information to help you step into your fearless presence.